So this is a true story, Kylie. On Friday, last, by the time this is coming out, it'll probably be a few weeks, but I had day one of my period recently and I felt like I was dying. I just have a very hard, tough day one. And you know what? The thought really did. This is a true story. It really did cross my mind because we interviewed Christy from Ease recently. And I thought, oh my God, I really wish I had an Ease tool in my hand right now. Oh, I should have sent you mine. No, I'm going to get my own, but um, it would have been perfect. Perfect. So for those of you who don't know what this, this is a really nifty little tool. You can use it for constipation and to help relieve menstrual cramps. And it's based on the science of acupressure. So putting pressure on specific points around the abdomen that help get the system going. So it relieves constipation. It's really good for menstrual cramps. And it happens to be that we interviewed the founder of this magnificent device just recently, and she's our new sponsor for our show. So we really want you guys to know about this tool. And we really hope that if you're suffering out there with something like constipation or menstrual cramps, that you'll give it a try because it's a really cool thing and just fascinating. (laughs) It's absolutely the coolest. And you guys can use our code, uh, Curious Women, or you can visit their website, gowithease.com slash Curious Women. This week on the Curious Women podcast, we have Heather Last, who is a somatic embodiment coach and movement teacher. Heather is a wealth of knowledge on the topic of what's called embodiment and somatic embodiment practices. So she's going to take us through what all of that means. But one of the reasons Kylie and I really wanted to have her on our show is for two, well, two of the reasons. One is that I personally feel like a lot of the language used in this field of embodiment is, it feels a little inaccessible to a lot of people. I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about. If you're (laughs) seeing things online and it's all about presence and calm and all the things just has this like kind of vibe to it. That's like, you have to be meditating 24 seven to be able to access the benefits of it. Um, That's not what this is. And Heather does a really great job of breaking down what it means to be embodied, what kind of practices are considered somatic embodiment practices, how to start. She even leads us through a mini practice you can do along with us as you listen to this episode. So it's not that. And uh, we also wanted to bring this topic to you because, as you know, we believe wholeheartedly in making sure that we stock women up with plenty of tools that they can use in their health arsenal to make sure that they have a lot to choose from. So if you're somebody who this type of work, like it resonates with you, take what resonates, leave what doesn't, as is the usual rules of the game here at the Curious Women podcast. But we really think this will be useful for a lot of people. Kylie and I personally really both believe in the connection, the importance of the connecting to your body. And Heather does a really amazing job of making that very understandable and accessible and taking it out of this realm of like, oh, I'm floating on a cloud 24-7 and I don't feel any pain and la la la. It's not that. And so we're really happy you're here and we hope you enjoy the episode. I am so excited for this episode. I know we say this every time, but (laughs) really, I'm thrilled. I cannot wait. Um, This one hits home for you a lot, Meg. It really does. Heather, I don't know if you know this, Mm. but I have been changing a lot of the type of work that I'm doing. I spent, Mm. I kind of built my career as of now working with women to help them heal acne from a nutritional standpoint and Ah. doing testing and stuff like that. However, I've been really called to do more embodiment work, embodiment type work. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just like, so excited to hear what you have to say. And I am like, yeah. I'm like brimming with excitement. But wonderful. Before we dive in, are you drinking anything fun today? Do you have any any fun beverages with you? And if me? Not, totally no, not, I do totally not. Okay. Just I I <laughs> yeah, no, I typically like 
It's like uh, during the day, I'm like a water with just a little bit of like electrolytes in there. Nice. What do you <laughs> so, use for electrolytes? I like the, um, oh gosh, elements. Oh, oh yeah. I just do like the raw elements, just a little oh. bit of like, I know my kids are always like, mom, is your water salty? Like, never mind. I don't want to step, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Perfect. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny. Okay. So we yeah, got water. That's pretty it's much it. I did have some coffee that I blend like ghee and collagen into in the morning. That's like my favorite, but nice. yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty boring with the, with the beverages. No, it's not boring. <laughs> we always ask this and there's room for whatever you have because yeah. water is essential and you dress it up fancy sometimes and that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Kylie? What do you, what's your, take us through your, your smorgasbord of drinks. You I have know. There. <laughs> we have Olipop's new seasonal. We just got four, one, two, three, four cases of Olipop. <laughs> Brian went rogue. I did not try to stop him. <laughs> I did not try to correct. No course correction. No hesitation. Absolutely. Add to cart. It was wonderful. So they just they just arrived, but this is their 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 like fall one. It is amazing. Again, we're not sponsored by Olipop, but we really should be. <laughs> not yet. Olipop, if you're listening. Yeah, I've so. never heard of this before. Heather. Oh, my oh, no. God. It has nine grams of fiber. All of these gut soothing herbs in the formulation, and it, they they have a bunch of like soda flavors. So we got a box of cream soda. Like they have a Dr Pepper version, a Coke, a root beer, blah blah blah. It's just so amazing. Like no added sugar, no five grams of added sugar. Like come okay. on, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. so amazing. But really, I like it for the gut stuff. It's really, really yeah, amazing. yeah. I'll have to check it out. Kylie, I was thinking of you the other day, yesterday, because I went to Whole Foods and I, they have a, I found, I've never seen this, but they have a um, frozen bag of like aloe vera chunks that you can Oh yeah. I have not seen this. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, how cool. So I bought it and I'm going to try it out. But I thought of you. I was like, Kylie probably loves this. (laughs) (laughs) Kylie does love it. I love you for 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 thinking that. <laughs> I do. So what else do you have over there? You have Olipop and what else? Okay, I had I had coffee from this morning. Olipop and then I think one of these was Brian's but it's a uh I used my new gut fuel in a like vanilla protein powder and pumpkin spice latte something. Ooh. Heather Kylie just launched her own supplement line. So oh my gosh, that's awesome! Fuel, Congratulations she's about her. Thank fuel, you. Uh, her line. That's this is what it looks like. It is really exciting. Honestly, I have to say, yeah, it's really it's so fun, pretty. and it's such an easy way to. Anyway, yeah, this is not the yeah. plug. Or, or is it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely a plug. Are you serious? Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. My biggest fan. <laughs> I really, I really Meg, what do you have? What are you drinking over there? <clears throat> I have a, a matcha latte. I just put some oh. powder. Yeah, that I, I did. Um, I don't know if I've told you how into matcha I've been lately, but we're in a relationship, the two of us. so for those of you who can who are watching i just have my it's just a matcha powder and then i mix it with the kayla got me the whisk no i we did have this conversation remember i told you kayla got me the whisk the official matcha whisk and i use it all the time yes so we did that and then we just put um what kind of what kind of plant milk do i have in stock today this week it's the this is ripple the oh yeah you like that ripple stuff yeah I only like the unsweetened original though, because they have a bunch of other shit and the other flavor mm. and the other, even there's another kind that's called, it's just original. It's not specifically un- original unsweetened. And there's like a bunch of other shit in it. Oh, so infuriating. No, we can't have that. Get your shit together. Come on now. Anyway. Okay. Heather, Meg, can I dive in? Yes, please do. Because I think the most important question is, so we're having a conversation on embodiment here mm-hmm. today. And I think the 
starting point really needs to be what the hell is that? Because like (laughs) Meg and I have an understanding, like when you say, when I say the word embodiment or when I say, oh yeah, we're going to interview about this. I know what I'm talking about, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't put it into words to explain it to somebody. So I would love for you to kind of like bring the people in because if you're not already a part of like what this kind of is, you are not going to be interested in understanding because I do think (laughs) that sometimes it is, it comes off as this like, thing that like (laughs) only certain people do and it's very hard then for you to to come into it it's hard for people to feel like they can connect with what the idea is and then they miss out on so much of it so I would love for you to put some words to what the hell are we talking about yeah so you know, and I'll just say too, like I, I consider myself to be a somatic embodiment coach. So I'll, I'll define all of that for you. Yes. Um, so somatics comes from the root, root word soma. Soma means the living body, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's essentially what it is. And it refers, somatics refer to the practices that allow us to communicate with and connect to the living body, the soma. Right. Mm. So, and it, it also, um, sometimes we hear somatics referring to, um, uh, being a body based approach to integrate our, um, our emotions to resolve stress and trauma cycles, utilizing the tools of the body. So presence, movement, breath, sound, mm-hmm. embodiment really, I mean, on its like basic level is to be in the body. It's to experience life through the soma, the, the living body. Right. So, um, but to me, it goes even, even deeper than that because it's really about like experiencing the full spectrum of this life as a human being in this time and space. It's about being really deeply attuned to our natural instincts and impulses, which we've mm. oftentimes been conditioned out of, trusting, right? Like we've been kind of conditioned to, um, to not trust our, in, our own instincts and to always be searching outside of ourselves for answers That's when really it's the wisdom that, um, all the wisdom we need is really held within our own bodies. So yeah. So to, to me, that's kind of what embodiment is. Yeah. I, I'm immediately thinking of, of those, some might be listening and, and thinking to themselves, like, what, but still there's like a, but what does that really mean? So can you give us some, ex- some, some examples or maybe your favorite example in the work that you do the yeah. moment, like the light bulb moment for a client when I'm sure they might come to you being like, what does this even mean? And, and can you walk us through the process yeah. when you see the light bulb click for them and what that yeah. looks like? Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, it's like, um, Another way I would describe it is like experiencing our wholeness, you know, and this is um, a lot of what I'm doing with clients. Uh, it kind of goes into like parts work and um, where we can experience all these different aspects of ourselves. And when we can feel that kind of integration and acceptance of all these different parts of ourselves, that's when like all of a sudden there's like a, oh my gosh, I feel, I can feel you know, like I've been told maybe that I'm, I'm already whole as I am, but now I feel it right now. I actually, um, can really experience what that means in the depths of my body, right? Like now I know how to access, um, all the answers that I need in my own body. I don't have to necessarily go outside of myself for that right now. I really trust my own instincts to guide me throughout my life. Like that's when I think the, like the light bulb comes on. It, it is really hard to explain in words because it's a, it's more of this like state of being, right? Yes. It's not necessarily something we even like it, it's, it's below the level of the mind, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not like a cog, cognizant kind of experience. It's like, it's in the body. So it is yeah. hard to explain in words. It's more of a felt sense mm-hmm. of our experience. Yeah. I really appreciate you actually just kind of clarifying that because yeah. I think <laughs> I think the very nature of what it is lends to a lot of 
uh, how, how do I want to say this, lends itself to the lack of access yeah. that some people might feel or the, the instant dismissing of what it really is and, yeah. and how uh, helpful it might be or how actually like you're a human, you don't have to be that type of person to do this kind of practice, right? And I do think that that, and 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 even hearing you explain it, I even knowing what this is, and even even I'm feeling in this moment, like, yeah, I I conceptually, like, I get what she's saying, but I don't know that I, that my body knows it. And that's a weird thing for Mm -hmm. people to hear, because Mm -hmm. this is not something that we, that, that is common in most people's lives, is this conversation around, well, what does your body say? Yeah. Or, or it's often it's often deemed as fluffy or weak or, uh, or too sensitive like, or illogical. Yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. oh, listen one. to your body. No, you can just push <laughs> through. And listen, I always right. I say yeah. this to Meg all the time. I feel like I have a foot in each world. Like I, there's a place yeah. to push and a place to like really go for it. But this is. Yeah, it's just almost, it's a really intangible thing because it's so tangible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, and I would say even like to um, kind of piggyback on what you're saying, Kylie, um, like I think that, you know, when we can be, when we are embodied, there really is no like, oh, this is when I push, this is when I pull back. It, it's all like, it comes from within, right? It's like, oh, now I know. Like it's very, it becomes more clear, like, oh, this is where I do kind of, I, I'm more like action oriented. This is where I do need to kind of just like be right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's much more, um, intuitively guided. It's really like, yeah, that's how I would kind of describe it. I almost wonder if this is like something that came to um, Kylie. I wonder if you're about to ask the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I when you were saying that I'm I was thinking of like the first thing that came to my mind is we we've done an episode on your cycle and like different parts of the cycle and mm-hmm. and I almost like to me is that also a form of embodiment is is listening to your cycle because as you were saying there are some points where you just go with the flow of feeling like, Hey, I just need to pull back a little, or I just need Mm -hmm. to, I feel like I have more energy. And that immediately made me think of a lot of women in their menstrual cycles. So if there's anyone listening, who's like, still just kind of like, I don't know about this whole embodiment thing. I don't know what it means. I feel Mm -hmm. like there are probably real life examples that are on a very small level, kind of like gateways to that. Would you say that that's true? Or does anything else come up? Um, yeah, yeah. So I definitely will speak to that because I think, you know, all of these things like, like, uh, attuning to our menstrual cycles and, um, you know, I, I, again, a lot of the things that we're kind of seeing in like, uh, you know, on social media right now is all about, I think, like embodiment and yet also sometimes can even be a little bit of a distraction from what true embodiment is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I actually got really caught up in this where it was like, okay, now I'm going to like honor the wisdom of my menstrual cycle. So that means in this phase of my cycle, I do this, but yet my body might be actually saying something different, right? So now I'm actually going outside of myself for the wisdom that actually is present within my own body, right? Where it's like, like, okay, this, this um, person tells me I need to pull back in this phase, but yet my body is saying no, like, I actually want to like, you know, I have more energy in this phase. So it's really about attuning to your own instincts. I almost like to describe it as like, um, you know, rem- remembering that we are like animals, right? Mm-hmm. An animal doesn't like go outside of itself. And it's like, what, do I, what am I supposed to do in this, you know? And this, Hmm. during this time of the day, or like, you know, it just does what it does, right? So that's what it means to be like embodied. It's like, I am so deeply attuned to my own instincts and I trust them so much Mm -hmm. that even no matter what is being told to me outside of myself, I'm going to trust that first and foremost. Does that make sense? Oh, that's like the best explanation I've heard. I think I, that really clicked for me. Did that click for you, Kylie? It did. And I think additionally, one of the things that I'm hearing, I heard you say 
when you are embodied or to be embodied, which differentiates this idea that it's a practice, like Mm -hmm. a meditation practice where you do this thing for a period of time, X number of times in a day or a week versus actually it being a state of being. Yes. And, and like the practices help feed that state of being, which I have to say, I, when I hear embodiment, I think of a practice, a thing that you do to come back to your body versus a way of living your life. So I think that's huge, even for me, huge, huge, huge. Embodiment is who, who we are. I mean, think about like infants, they are so embodied. We are so innately embodied, right? We are so attuned to our own instincts. They get conditioned out of us. So it's not... Yeah, in my chest just yeah. now when yeah. you said that. Yeah, yeah. Heather, how does that happen? How do you see in your clients I mean, or in your own kids or yourself, how does this get conditioned out? I mean, many reasons, right? Like it's um, it's the conditioning of, of culture, of family, of, you know, um, unhealed trauma within our culture, within our caretakers, right? Our own traumas can, can kind of uh, impede our ability um, to really be in tune with our own instincts. I think it's Peter Levine who, who calls it like thwarted instincts. Trauma um, creates thwarted instincts. So we actually don't have a connection to, to our own instincts. So yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that kind of like, I almost kind of look at it as like, just like these layers that get you know, put upon us. Mm -hmm. And the work is in kind of like just peeling away the layers to find what's underneath. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just dying because if the, for those of you who don't know, I love me a good mushroom trip every now and then. And I got to tell you when I am on (laughs) one of these trips, I literally feel the filters pulling away. Yeah. So that's what made me think of that when you just said it's like all the conditioning just like goes away and I'm not sitting here saying like you have to (laughs) on mushrooms (laughs) well I mean that probably only lasts for the the duration of the trip right Right. and then it all comes back right Right. yeah exactly yeah exactly but it just Mm -hmm. it's it's for me that's what I heard when I was like oh the peeling away of the onion yes I've experienced that before (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes yeah so when we're talking about embodiment, how does, <laughs> this seems like such a counterintuitive question, but I think a, a question nonetheless, how do you become, let me say, how do you return mm. to embodiment? I love it. Such a good how answer. do you come yeah, back to the thing that was kind of conditioned out of you? And I know that there are, maybe you could speak to some different practices or mm-hmm. actual actionable things that a person can think about doing and then also separate from that how do you think about ironically think about living an embodied existence because I do imagine at least as you're starting that transition back Mm -hmm. you have to be super mindful of it like there must be mental cues for you to remember like hold on da 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 so if you those two things what what can we do yeah so I would say the first um the first kind of uh, step is what I would call attunement. And another word for attunement is presence, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, can we b- bring more presence to, um, first of all, what is within our environment? So again, if you kind of think about like animals, right? It's like, I'm orienting to my physical space, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like finding presence within my own self And one of the ways in which we can do that, because we're so many of us are just kind of living in our heads, right? So we can even start with a thought, right? So when I think a thought, what emotion does that thought invoke, right? So like, say I'm in a story in my head, and I can bring a little bit more presence and awareness to the story. The next step would be like, to go underneath the the story. So what am I feeling as a result of mm-hmm. thinking this thought or telling myself mm-hmm. this story? Mm-hmm. And then when I feel that feeling, what is it that I'm actually feeling and where do I feel that in my body? Right? Mm-hmm. So like what are the sensations that I feel? So say I'm feeling anxiety, 
Okay. What are the, what are the physical sensations of, of anxiety? Where do I feel that in my body? So it's just bringing a deeper presence to what's already here, seeing if I can then kind of meet it with some level of acceptance, right? This is where this can be tricky because it can be hard. There's so many like things that we feel that it's like, I don't want to feel that. Like that's wrong. That's bad. But can we just, it's here and it's here for a reason. Can we just invite in a little bit of acceptance and just hold it? You know, instead of trying to get rid of it, instead of trying to like cut it out or suppress it, can we just hold it and be with it? Mm-hmm. So to me, that's kind of the first, these are like the first kind of practices of what, yeah. um, you know, even building that emotional intelligence, which really emotional intelligence is the ability to be with. It's just the ability oh. to be with. That's it. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Huh. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That I'm understated difficulty. Yes. To be with. Yes. Understated difficulty to put words, even just to yourself, to a feeling. So yeah. when you have just when you were saying this, I'm in a story, I'm telling myself a story in my head. We all do this, right? Yes. The shower, a walk, the car by mm. yourself brutal, right? Mm-hmm. It's either productive or destructive, those places. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and But when you get going in there and you really stop and think, well, wait, what am I feeling? How many people, ourselves included sometimes, do we know that cannot express with words mm-hmm. what it is that they are feeling yeah. to, to somebody else, let alone just to your own brain? Right. And, and so it makes this whole process really potentially difficult, I imagine, easier with practice, right? But absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this too. Um, Again, for people who've experienced um, a lot of trauma, or, you know, especially um, trauma within their own, their bodies, um, waking up the soma, waking up the body is actually a very scary process which is yeah. why we start with things like orienting just to the physical mm. space around us, you know, mm. things that feel relatively safe and doable. And we, mm. and then we have, a, it's a slow entryway into the, the body. Right. So um, can you say, why, yeah, go ahead. Can you say a little bit more about what you mean when you say orienting to the space? Yeah. So if there is somebody listening, who's like, yeah, this is hands off for me. I, I need a baby step. Like, yeah. What what do they actually need to do? What does it look like? What are the steps of just yeah. orienting to the space? So I'll actually, I'll invite you into a little orienting practice if that feels good. <gasps> yes. Okay. So, right. yeah. yes. so no matter where you are in time and space, whenever you're listening to this, what I'm going to invite you to do is just start to bring a little bit more awareness to your surroundings. And that might involve you scanning your environment, or maybe it feels better just to allow your attention to land on one object. So even there, just kind of noting, noticing what your instincts tell you. If I need to just find stillness in my gaze, if I want to find a little bit of movement in my gaze. And as you start to bring a deeper awareness to what is in your environment at this time, begin to really notice things like colors, lighting, shapes, and textures. So we want to just begin to really see as if we're seeing for the first time. Like we don't even know what we're looking at. And just really taking in what is around us. Maybe you also start to notice sounds in your environment. And even noticing as you're orienting to the physical space, what you might be feeling in your body as a result of bringing a little deeper presence to this time and place. So just take another moment. Yeah. Yeah, so that is really the practice of orienting or one of the practices of orienting. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That 
Heather, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, because thank for, you. for so many people, that's going to be all they can do. Right. That's going to be all they need to do. I mean, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Thank I mean, you. That yeah. Cause really... I even, it's, it's interesting. Cause even like I noticed, like I noticed Kylie that you just it, it, in, intuitively took a deep breath as you did that. Right. As you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as you brought more presence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 A moment of it kind of, you know what it feels like to me. It puts a little texture to this like constant message that we get of just calm down, just take a deep breath, yeah. just pause. And like, mm. that's all good advice, but yeah. it is. Like, so one thing I will say about that. So, you know, when it comes to regulating our nervous system, which we hear a lot about lately, mm-hmm. regulation does not mean calm. Mm. It doesn't mean calm. Whoa, yeah. this is news yeah. to me. Can you yes. elaborate a yeah. little bit? <laughs> Um, that yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. I don't think I even realized that I associated them as the same thing until yeah. you said it. Right. Did I. Well, and I did too for a long time. I just had a teacher like kind of um, affirm that in a in a trauma training that I'm doing where it was like, mm-hmm. regulation does not mean calm. Mm-hmm. It means connection. That's all it means, right? So, oh. I mean, when we talk, I'm sure you've also probably heard of the window of tolerance or, you know, if you've kind of, yeah, done, heard anything around the nervous system, it's like window of tolerance. Um, one of my teachers actually prefers to call this the window of presence or our capacity for resilience, because it's more than just what we can tolerate. It's what do we have the capacity to be present to, right? So it's really about Again, presence and connection. Can we connect with what's in our environment? Can I connect with what I'm feeling in my body at this time? Mm. And that's really it. Yeah. So what if, oh, sorry, Meg. I I want to just say, what what if there's somebody who cannot connect? No, they are are connecting with their environment, Mm -hmm. but what they are feeling in response to that is bad or yeah. overwhelming, or scary, yeah. or whatever, yeah. is this still, this is still a practice of embodiment, right? But what would yeah. you tell those people? Like, what's the next step? Because I can imagine people get stuck there. Yeah, so I would say, look for something that feels relatively safe. Safe can be a tricky word, right? But what mm-hmm. feels either neutral, mm-hmm. or good enough, good enough mm-hmm. in this moment, right? So if you're not, and, and here's the thing, we can have this feeling of connection and presence and also feel something that's challenging and not good. That's, that's yeah. actually the whole purpose, yeah. <laughs> right? Can we, yeah. can we be yeah. with, can we be with the things that don't feel good and are challenging? Yeah. Fine, right? Heather, we'll do yes. it just because you <laughs> <laughs> damn it. God yeah. damn it. Wow. Yeah. Well, that just cuts through all the bullshit, doesn't yeah. it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Yeah. We can do something and choose to do it even when it's hard yeah. or uncomfortable or scary right. or whatever. And that is the actual or the recognition of that feeling and choosing to do it anyway is kind of embodiment, right? That's what yes. you're saying. However, we don't want to overwhelm the system. So when you said the word overwhelm, when it feels overwhelming, right, then we need to search for something, like I said, that feels relatively safe and good enough or neutral. Um, it's really important, like when we do, again, the whole the whole um, kind of goal around even like trauma healing is like to be able to titrate, right? It's like a little at a time, we want to very gently and compassionately widen that window of tolerance. We don't want to just like go right in there full force and like push through and overwhelm our system. That actually would be really counterproductive and um, could cause a lot of harm, right? So, and that's even like when you when you see some of this like cathartic release, um, that sometimes is like, it's too much. That's too much, right? Like- yeah, our, our nervous system, um, it, it's going to be overwhelmed and, and that's not bad or wrong. Our nervous systems are actually brilliant. They, they have responded brilliantly our entire lives. And the reason we know that is because we're still here. Yeah. Right? They have kept us safe. They have done their job. So there's nothing wrong in our nervous system response. Like yeah. we are not broken. We don't need fixing. 
Hmm. It's literally about like, can I honor like what is within me here and really honor the, the, the right pace of my nervous system. So I don't have to go all in right away. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Take that one in for a minute, guys. You are not broken and you do not need to be fixed. You just need to learn what you already know. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like to me, what I'm hearing is there, at least the way that I foresee it. And I'm sure people list, there are some people listening who might um, feel this way too, but for a very long time, I feel like I operated in a way where my brain was like fighting with my body kind of like they were on different. Right. And I know that's what you're saying. We are taught to do. We are conditioned to Mm -hmm. do because that's, that's the piece of uh, disconnecting us from our bodies. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like what you're to me, it sounds like what you're saying now is really what you're doing is just bringing the sensations that you're feeling in your body to the forefront. Like you're Mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, giving it, I don't know how to explain it, but that's what it sounds like to me. Is it yeah. on the right track? <laughs> yeah. Also, I will do. So this has been really impactful. Like not everybody, obviously, if you're listening to this, you won't be able to see this, but I'll describe it because this was like a really um, helpful visual for a lot of my clients. And then again, I, I learned this from a teacher recently in a trauma training. So mm-hmm. um So if you were to make a fist and you just imagine like this fist is like all of your, you know, challenging emotions and um, experiences that you have, and you were to take your other hand and you try to pry that open, just notice even what happens to your fist, right? You, you like want to clench down even more. You want to fight against yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But now what happens if you just hold the fist, just hold it. Oh Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh Right. I had such a response to that. Yeah. What did you notice? I'm curious. I felt like crying. (laughs) I feel like crying. Kylie, you're muted. You're muted. (laughs) I I was just going to say you, I, Meg's going to cry. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even really see your eyes and I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But just even kind of noticing how that the fist starts to soften just on its own, right? So this is what I'm talking about. It's like, how can we just hold what is already here and honor, again, our own pacing, our own, like, you know, again, our own nervous system and everything that we're feeling. It's how can I just be with it and hold it? If we can I'm just... I'm so glad I didn't wear mascara. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heather, why is this so hard for people? Why is it oh, so hard? Why do people fight against it? Because when you really allow the opening for this to be healing and helpful and whatever that means, right? Trauma, mm-hmm. no trauma, whatever it means for each person. It's so easy. Like it's mm-hmm. so... Cl- no, let me say that again. It's so clearly the most powerful solution. Yeah. And yet we fight just, I love that example of trying to open a clenched Mm -hmm. fist. We do that with ourselves. Yeah. Um, And it's so counterproductive and exactly counterintuitive. Yeah. Why is this so hard? Because it's, it's vulnerable. I mean, it makes you feel very vulnerable, right? To have to really feel all of your emotions. I mean, that's, yeah. To let yourself cry. If you've never really done that before, Um, to really own all the parts of us that we've been taught are like shameful or, you know, we, that all the parts of us that we judge even in other people. So yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. So when you're working with folks Mm -hmm. on embodiment um, and, and speak from your own experience too, if you'd like, but what do you notice? What differences do you notice in people or yourself when they are able to kind of make this return back to their own bodies and live from that place as opposed to living in their head or from fear or emotions or reactions or what have you? What, what is the real difference? What I'm trying to paint here is why why would we do this? (laughs) 
Yeah, what's the motivation? Exactly. Yeah. Like, this is hard work. Yeah. You better give us some motivating factors for wanting to do totally. it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, well, you can even you can even kind of feel, and I think what you were describing is like, oh, it actually feels very liberating. Even though it's vulnerable, it's also very liberating to not be in a constant state of fear or to not be like, it takes a lot of energy to suppress all these different parts of ourselves. I once saw like, a, I think it was, I don't know, a documentary on shadow work where they had like somebody who was trying to hold beach balls underneath the water and like how exhausting that is, right? To kind of keep suppressing all of these parts of us. Yeah. And it's so freeing and liberating just to like, again, really own and integrate all these different parts. Um, And it helps us to connect to other people in a deeper way and more meaningful way. Um, Yeah. I, and, and also like, it helps us to really be able to clarify and own our desires. You know, we have, I think oh. that's, that's like huge. And that's ultimately like, kind of like what I do in my, with, with my clients is like, we, we look at unearthing your desires mm-hmm. and then what is the conditioning that's layered on t- that is not allowing you to really live out those desires and to really thrive. So, wow. yeah. Tell us what you mean when you say desires, because that can mean a bunch of different things to different people. Yeah. So like baseline all the way through. Yeah. So I'm talking about like when you tune into like, again, all of those very like deep seated, um, like the truth of who you are and how that wants to express in the world. Right. And a lot of us, like, we don't even want to fully admit what that is because it's like Mm. too scary. Right. Mm. To actually say like, this is what I want. This is what I want my life to look like. It's yeah. It's a very, um, we're like too different from what we were taught. We were supposed to want. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's different from what the world has told you. You should be. Yeah. So, so we now have some, we have some motivation now. <laughs> Kylie, I know. Oh my God. <laughs> Kylie and I are both at our moments. Yeah. Up here. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the vulnerability. That's yeah. what it is. And mm-hmm. like, also uh, like, oh, that's okay. Cause I, you know, it's okay. I mean, for me in this moment, I feel okay because I'm with like my yeah. people, you yeah. know, and yeah. I feel safe They're and loved and cared you. for, but yeah. Oh, you. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm just gonna do this too every time I see you for holding my fist. (laughs) Oh, and that's I mean, honestly, that's what we need though, right? We need more people who are able to do that so that we can just be ourselves fully and completely and be accepted in that and just feel like we've we're held. Yeah. Seriously, everybody I feel like everybody needs a little bit more of that. And For so sure. we have some motivation now as to why we might want to do some of this work. And what I'm yeah. curious about is when you were talking about, you gave us the example of feeling like you're holding beach balls underneath the water mm-hmm. and how exhausting that is. And yeah. I'm curious for you, if you could tell us, like, tell us a little bit about the science behind that. What does that holding beach balls under the water, like, what does that do to your body? What is, how is it? Yeah, it creates dis-ease. I mean, and potentially even disease, right? Like it's, um, yeah, I I think um, we we talked about this before, but the body keeps the score, right? Yes. Yes. This is the book that we talked about. The book that we talked about, but honestly, like what you need to know most is the title of the book. Right. That's a great Right. Yeah. Yeah, the body keeps the score. I mean, when, again, this is why we were told like, um, like trauma is stored in the body, right? And the reason the reason that is, is because when we have a trauma response, we go into fight, flight, freeze. Those are very physical responses. There's the, the brain is kind of like the, the logical, rational part of the brain is like offline, right? So we're just reacting. It is like, and there's, there's nothing wrong with how we're reacting. Actually, it's a very innate, like we don't have any choice over how we're reacting, but it is a very physical experience. Mm -hmm. And if we are not able to complete that trauma response or that trauma cycle, um, it gets stored in the body. So this process of like holding the beach balls underneath the water, it, 
I mean, it has a very physical consequence to it. So we can feel Mm -hmm. that. Right. And it also then affects like our relationships and Mm -hmm. um, because it's not just physical, you know, it's also emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. What are some, um, I guess what I, what I also want to know is like, cause obviously Kylie and I have a goal to share the knowledge of what somatic embodiment practices can do, but, mm-hmm. but also from the lens of your, of like a preventative health sort of means too, because yeah. it's something that's free. You can do it your, on your own. Yep. Um, so what are some conditions that people might understand that your clients mm-hmm. come to you with? that maybe you can help them work through or somatic experiencing or somatic um, embodiment practices can actually help them work through? Yeah. So um, I think I mentioned I do a lot of like what's called parts work. So parts work, essentially what it means is like there's, we can imagine like we've got all these different parts of ourselves. We can experience a every emotion that we have as its separate part, um, all of these different, like, you know, it, when we really start to tune in, it's almost like we have multiple personalities within us. Right. I was just going to say, Oh, so you mean all 17 of my personalities? Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) They can all join the party and sit at the same table. It's amazing. (laughs) And it sounds so weird when I first start, like, you know, especially for people who are like completely new to this, but it's amazing to me how quickly people, when I invite them into the experience of like um, really getting to know this piece of them, how quickly they actually are able to communicate with it. So, yeah. And it's really huge because, again, this allows for integration. This is where people now can start to experience their wholeness. It's through the integration of the self. And also uh, recognizing that we have all the wisdom we need within us. I think I've, I've mentioned that already, but like we really truly do. You know, when it's like, what do I do here? What do I need here? If we just were to go within and ask those questions, I mean, that's really all I do. That's why I don't even like to call myself a coach. I'm more of like a mirror of like, mm-hmm. I'm just asking you clarifying questions that's leading you back to your own truth. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what comes up when we do that process. Yeah. So if somebody was going to try to do that for themselves and sort of like a daily moment to moment basis, because when, when you say we just need to come back to ourselves, we need to go inside, like what the hell does that mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you're a new, if you're a person who has not even entertained this, but you're, you're like, listen, Oh, maybe this would be helpful. I'll, I'll try anything. Yeah. Like what does, what's the actual action? that that entails that somebody can kind of grasp onto to, to sort of start this practice. Right. So again, it comes back to, first of all, presence, right? Like I'm just going to like bring presence to this time, this space, what I'm feeling. And then maybe even it's a question. It might be, um, what do I need right now? Or what do I need to know right now? And just, Mm. just listening and maybe nothing comes up immediately, but oftentimes there will be, either in the form of a thought, a feeling, a sensation, an image, something will come up, right? Mm -hmm. So we can do this with just very like easy mundane things, right? Even when it comes to like, what do I eat? What am I going to eat, right? Because we can get so caught up in like, I'm supposed to eat this, right? Yes. Yeah, you're talking to two decades. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Yes, right. So, and based on all the stuff that we've learned about nutrition and everything, it can get really so, you know, just kind of muddled. And, but if we just kind of were to tune into like, okay, what is it that I really need right now? Mm. This, because I think some people think like, oh, well, my mind, you know, I'm just going to like go crazy here then. But if you really, really drop in, right? And it's like, again, I'm like going to tune to my animal body. It's, again, mm-hmm. it's usually not like I need all this crazy stuff or a bunch of sugar or whatever. It's more like, like I need like this deep kind of nourishment, right? Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. So it's, we can start with something like simple like that, or even just like small little um, decisions around like, what am I going to wear today? But it's like, can you just kind of 
tune into your body and just ask the question, like, how do I want to express myself today? Like, what does that look like? Mm. You know, so. And, and what you're saying is that our bodies know the answers to these questions. If we just actually practice asking and then being aware, being aware and sometimes what is coming up. And I also want to normalize sometimes at first, nothing will come up and that's okay too. Right. Mm-hmm. I think again, really no matter no matter what, it's can I just meet it with presence and acceptance, mm-hmm. whatever is there, right? So if it's like nothing is coming up today, that's okay. That's okay. Thank you know, maybe even like thank you for listening, body. Thank you for listening. And then the next day we do it again. Okay, mm-hmm. what is it that I yeah. need to know? What do I need here? How do I want to express myself? Like just kind of asking those guiding questions. And eventually, like we start to make that connection and our body will respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go, guys. That's Mm -hmm. the steps. Those are actual for free on your own, super tangible, can do right now things Mm -hmm. that can bring you. Okay. So yeah, let's just highlight a couple bullet points that can Mm -hmm. bring you healing, calmness, connection. What am I missing? Yeah, system connection, right? We're not yeah. trying to re- yeah. to reset or to change it. We're just trying to hold it. I guess it's like yeah. I'm doing this yeah. this fifth yeah. thing again. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That is gonna live and stay with mm-hmm. me forever. Well, here's the thing too. I will say, like, so the the whole with with like nervous system regulation. One of the intentions behind like regulating the nervous system is we have more a, a deeper connection. Um, and more clarity around that inner voice, right? That that speaks to us. We can't really hear that when we're in a dysregulated state, <laughs> right? No. So no. that's, and again, what is regulation? It's about presence and connection. Mm-hmm. How do I presence myself? Whether it's like through orienting to my physical space, maybe it's like, you know, orienting to my body in some way, in a way that feels doable, and accessible. Mm-hmm. Like um, a body scan, you mean? You could do yeah. a body scan. Um, mm-hmm. Again, for some people, again, I want to really normalize. Like sometimes, like it is not regulating to be in your body, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like a body scan might create anxiety and, and activation and dysregulation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So maybe it is just like I stay within like what's in in the the physical space that feels again, Mm -hmm. neutral or even just okay. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't have to be calming. Just okay. okay is fine. Um, Sometimes I I invite people to look for like what feels like supportive in the space. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like a desk or a chair or a wall, Mm -hmm. you know, something that Mm -hmm. feels stabilizing, you know, kind of like Mm -hmm. stable. So that might be, yeah. And then maybe like then the entry point into the body is like, well, what feels okay in my body? Maybe it's just like my Mm -hmm. pinky finger right now, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe it's like feeling my feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we start to kind of like, it's a, again, a slow, gentle process of kind of being able to then resource within the physical body. That's where we Mm -hmm. start to make those deeper connections and start to really be able to trust in our own Mm. instincts, um, which takes a lot of time, especially again, if you've had a lot of trauma. So, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. This is a lot. It was an introduction to like a big conversation. And I, I'm getting the sense that we're just like, scratching oh yeah what you think is appropriate you know but there has to be a starting point there there has to be an entryway into Mm -hmm. something and I I Heather really really I appreciate that you're saying some of this shit is not going to feel good yeah Yeah. and and it's okay yeah like Mm -hmm. that is the actual point is to let yourself not feel okay but acknowledge like this doesn't feel safe. What can I find that feels good enough? Yeah. I love that. Yes. Because yeah. there is this, I was just talking with a friend about this yesterday. There is this huge divide between like doing nothing and perfection mm-hmm. and wanting to do something perfect, whether it's embodiment or meditation <laughs> or a diet or going to mm-hmm. the gym or 
being nice to your kids, whatever it is. It's like, <laughs> if you, if we think we can't do it perfectly, which we can't, then we don't do it at all. Right. This is very all or nothing approach. And I'm, I'm really appreciating the sprinkle of, of, um, humanity, I guess yeah. what you're saying is that like, mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it's not supposed to feel perfectly grounding and centered no. and whoo, you know, it yeah. just has to be good enough or else yeah. you won't do anything. And, and that's what we find. I mean, gosh, I'm sure we find this, people find it in themselves all over the place, right? Like perfection being sort of the preventer of any sort of progress. Oh yeah. And I mean, a lot of like perfection comes from like a deeper sense of like, uh, a lack of self-worth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, wow. I mean, those are all the things that we kind of like in coaching really dive into and, you know, um, yeah, but I mean, it is, it is kind of revolutionary in a, you know, especially in a world that seeks to kind of like disembody us. And again, mm-hmm. like tell us that our instincts aren't correct. I mean, to really start to like, feel like, no, I, my body is correct. My nervous system is right, right? My body is right. My pain is right. Like all of it is right. It's all like giving me messages. I am not broken. I don't need to be fixed. I just simply need to like be in my wholeness, right? And yeah, I just, I, I just did an Instagram post on this because, um, it's something that, that has come up a lot in sessions with clients recently too. This like, perfectionism, even in like, um, you know, this is what we're supposed to do to be good and well and right, mm-hmm. right. Especially in the wellness world. Right. I had mm-hmm. recently, I've had like clients who are like, I, like, I, I didn't get to do my full morning routine. And so now I'm off. Uh, right. And it's like, right. well, what, but your body was clearly communicating something different to you. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn to trust that. Right. Like, mm-hmm you needed more sleep today. That's okay. That's not wrong. Right. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. 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 I mean, even hearing you say that I can feel, it feels scary. Oh yeah. It feels scary. The idea Trust. of trusting yourself because yes. you're right. We are told in so many ways that you don't know enough. You have to be taught. You have to go to school. You, yes. a doctor has to tell you a medical mm-hmm. professor, you know, you're, we're always being told to yeah. seek out the prof- the professional, and ironically, yeah. even in this, seek out a coach. So that I appreciate too that you're yes. saying I don't really like that that term. I like the idea of being a mirror mm-hmm. to you doing your own work, and yeah. I'm not really telling you what to do. It, it's it, that's super mm-hmm. ironic. I was that was coming to me as I was saying this out loud, but it really is a reflection yeah. of what our world. It, I mean, this yeah. is why we, we all need help returning to this, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Again, we're not, we're not taught these things. This is why trauma is so prevalent and why it has a lasting effect on people because we're not giving, we, we don't have the tools or resources to complete those cycles. Um, and so, yeah, you know, that's why you can have two people who have like the same traumatic experience and one person will, you know, kind of be able to kind of get past it relatively quickly and another person it'll stay with them, you know? So like mm-hmm. the person who, who maybe has the tools to, you know, had like the very nurturing upbringing to give them the tools to like be able to kind of like complete that cycle. Um, but that's so rare. That's super rare. Yeah. 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 So can you just very briefly before we end here, can you, um, because we we had a conversation briefly before about how this type of work could be used as an adjunct to talk therapy to mm, or maybe yeah. even instead of right mm-hmm. so could you just briefly explain how and how that could benefit people and maybe the maybe the type of person if you are in talk therapy now when is it a good idea to explore this type of work yeah yeah so um you know, I would say like if somebody has had some pretty extreme trauma, I would mm-hmm. prefer that they see a you know a therapist and do mm-hmm. do the talk therapy. I think, um, and and quite honestly, I would probably even like guide them more towards a somatic therapist because the problem with talk therapy is that you know trauma doesn't ha- happen 
at the level of the cognitive brain. It just doesn't, mm. you know, it's, it's again, like the body keeps the score. Trauma is held in the body, <laughs> right? So we have to process it through the body. That yes. is really mm-hmm. very, it's pretty imperative to, um, to trauma healing. So, yeah. So I, I really highly recommend like a lot of my clients, um, either are, are seeing a, a, th- a talk, a therapist simultaneously as, as we do this mm-hmm. coaching work. Um, mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't go into the traumatic event. That's not what I do. That's not how I work with trauma. Right. For me, it's what has, right. and, and really like what we know about trauma is it's not even really about the trauma itself. It's about what has stayed after, right? So mm-hmm. we work with kind of how it's affecting you in your life right now um, and how it is um, impeding your, your embodiment of your desires, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to come up. Um, this is why I've had a lot of training in trauma, particularly over the last uh, four years. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would say like if you've had a pretty, um, a, you have, you've had a pretty deep trauma that you've never actually worked with a therapist on, I would recommend that first, and then, mm-hmm. and then maybe going to coaching. But, um, but I have had quite a few uh, clients who are like wow, I went to therapy for that for 10 years and we like resolved it in one session, you know? (laughs) Well, that's a testament, right? To to what's left over or lingering in the body. Yeah, Yeah. right. And and perhaps they needed that 10 years of therapy first for them to actually like come and do this like kind of deeply somatic work for it to be resolved. So, um, So not saying like this is like the end all be all, but like, yeah, no, of course, I nothing is. But no, I thought it was no. important for people to know how they could uh, how they could utilize this type of work. Yeah, in and and it's particularly in conjunction with talk therapy. Yeah. Um. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. And yeah. can you can you share with us where people can find you, how they can connect with you, yes. and anything that you want people to check out, either on your website or Instagram or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, my website is sacredrhythmswellness.com. Um, and I do have more information. If anyone is, is interested in this, this type of coaching, I do offer like a free discovery call. And actually what I'll say about that is, um, I, what I do in the discovery call is I do like desire mapping. So this is where we start to kind of Ooh. unearth desires. And um, I've had some what? people who have literally just done that. And then like, I've gotten an email from them, like, you know, three months later, and they're like, that's all. I mean, that's really all they needed. <laughs> Thank you. That's all. Yes. We're done. <laughs> no, I mean, truly. And I, I'm, I celebrate that because I don't yeah, like for some people that is literally all they need is clarification on their desires and they are yeah. clear. And then they have the actions that they need to, to, to go right. And to, to fly. Wow. So, um, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I, that's, that's, so I, I like to kind of like, um, let people know that that's available and I don't ever pressure anyone into coaching because like, mm. I don't know if it's right for you or not. The discovery call is just to kind of give you a little taste. And again, sometimes that's all you really need. Um, mm-hmm. but, and then from there, you know, I have people who I just, I used to do like, oh, 12 sessions, but I don't do that anymore because this is a very intuitive process and it's a very, it's very individual to each person. So we work month to month and kind of keep checking in as to like, when does this journey feel complete to you? Mm, Right. It's very much like you are in charge, you are running the show, which I love because again, this is all about like reflecting back to you, your own wisdom. It's about um, clear conscious choices and creating boundaries and being able to communicate that. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so that's like my main offering. Um, I am on Instagram sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, I'm very sporadic. Again, it's like, like when I feel like it and lately I've been posting more, but um, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I also do have a, a newsletter that I send out every new moon. I have, a, I'm a little bit of an astrology like geek. So not, yes, yeah. So <laughs> I, on that, in that newsletter, I sometimes have like astrological insights, but it's, it's, it's more like, I like to use it as like just looking at, um, themes, 
right? Like what, Mm -hmm. what themes is it highlighting for us right now? And like my, sometimes it's just my own like wisdom transmissions. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. so that's another option. And I'm, I'm working on some other online offerings that hopefully will be coming out soon. So we can't wait to to hear about them. Yeah. Thank you. Honestly, this is great, Heather. This is, I love when we have conversations that go in a totally different direction than I was initially planning on them doing. (laughs) This was one of those ones, Meg, right? Um, We don't ever plan to cry. I was going to say, whenever Kylie and I start crying, you know it's a good episode. And I think that we're very emotional people, Meg, but we... We're not dramatic. We hold it together for the most part. Oh, so no. I'm, that oh no. Like... I'm a complete drama queen and I am okay with that. <laughs> yes. I don't care. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. Oh, I am a Leo so after all. So this is how this yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you both. It was, yeah, such an honor to be here with, with both of you. So it was yeah. what people needed today. Thank mm-hmm. you very, very, very much. Yeah, I agree. Okay. We'll yes. talk with you soon. Thanks, okay. Heather. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Curious Women. If you love our show, you can support us by leaving us a five-star rating and review. And if you know someone else who would really love our show, please share it with them too.